Welcome to foreverfit.tv, your online source for fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle. With your host, Nicola Riley, personal trainer, nutrition, and lifestyle coach, here to help you get in the best shape of your life. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm Nicola Riley, and today I'm really excited because I have got a guest podcast interview that for you, so um, I'm going to share that with you really soon, and that was is with Dr. Cheryl Selman. Now, I interviewed her pretty much this time last year, and um, she is a women's hormone specialist, and she is incredible. Anything you want to know about women's hormones, she's got the answers, and we delve deep into um well the root cause of um hormonal issues why you um we answer some listener questions and we get into um details of what you can do to help improve your own hormonal health and um lots of questions about contraceptive pill hysterectomies and just getting to know your body more so um listen in for that new this week in the online gym I have got a whole lot of new workouts. So we've got new HIT workout, which is awesome, full body workout. And then we've got an extreme and then a fabulous, beautiful release yoga. I love my yogas and I'm getting pumped up for this 21 day online yoga retreat that we've got coming up. So this here is week four of phase two of the training. So then Um, We've got a recovery week coming up really soon in the weekly schedules and then we're going to hit another five week block of training and it's all perfectly balanced so that you can get some nice recoveries in as well as your results and improve your training. So look out for those brand new workouts in the online gym this week and I've also got posts all about um, fertility and the the foods that you need to start if you are wanting to get pregnant or wanting to improve your hormones these are the types of foods that you're wanting to start to make sure that you're getting into your diet and I go into um, different sorts of traditional diets that we use for um, fertility and go into detail all about the different types of foods to be eating and what you need to pay attention to so check out that brand new members only VIP post in the online gym Um, Then I have been going crazy with all my recipes and photography. I'm getting, um, I'm really enjoying learning how to, uh, this new skill. It's, I think it's just, um, it's so important to find things that stretch your creative side of your brain. And for me, I've always had like a creative brain I used to draw and do paintings and things like that and the business that I'm running is very creative but when I'm doing this this photography it's like I'm learning a whole nother skill and it's opening up a whole nother part of my brain and that that's really powerful and just making me feel um complete for want of a better word you know I'm just really starting to get a real good balance within everything that I'm doing and this um the photography that I'm doing of the food and learning how to you know different lightings and and um, ways of making the food look good is just opening up the whole creativity side of my brain and so I encourage you to find something that you can be creative with and that you can sort of stretch yourself outside your comfort zone and learn a new skill and it could be um there's so many things that you can be creative with and it's really powerful to um 
just expand your knowledge and um, balance everything out because quite often we're, you know, it's a whole, it's quite stressful when we're day-to-day doing just the same old things, the same old things, and um, when you uh, allow yourself to step outside the mundane parts of your day or the stuff that's just routine and you allow yourself to get creative it's um, really powerful and this is something that um, Paul Check, who I've done a lot of my training with he's really big on expanding your creative side of your brain so um, for me this is yeah my photography and I'm really enjoying that so I've been um, doing lots and lots of recipes and at the moment Ben can't quite keep up because he's, which is actually good for him, because we're actually um, creating another program on the side, which is a men's um, bigger, faster, bigger, stronger, faster program, and it's about putting on muscle and getting yourself stronger and getting yourself faster. Because he's had his hip operation now, so this program is about building muscle, building strength, and making you big, powerful, and strong. And he has just done six weeks of that program and he has put on six kgs of muscle which is massive and we're absolutely pumped to be bringing this program really soon and so lucky for him I've been doing lots of cooking and baking food and so he's been able to to eat all this incredible food that I've been photographing so it's quite a nice we complete circle we're creating there um okay so um, into this interview. So who is Dr. Cheryl Salmon? If you haven't heard the interview that I did um, a while back, go back through my podcast and make sure you check out that interview. Cheryl is an absolutely amazing woman. She is on a mission to help women and rebalance their hormones. She During these times of high stressful lives and economic turmoil, People are really confused about what is the building blocks of their hormones. And Dr. Sheil has, for over 30 years, been an avid researcher, writer, lecturer of women's health. And she has um, uh, got her own book called Hormone Heresy and also a book called um, What uh, Protect Your Daughters from Breast Cancer. And so both of those books are available on her website. Her website is Dr. Cheryl Salmon and the link is on this page here just below the video so check that out and yeah she's an absolutely incredible woman and she's actually coming to New Zealand um, next month and touring around the country and coming into Tauranga as well so check out the dates on her website and find out if she's coming near you or if not jump in a car and go listen to her talk because she's she's incredible and really open and just a great person to listen to so I will not talk any further and I'll get into this interview. Hey, welcome to the show, Dr. Cheryl Selman. It is very cool to have you back on foreverfit.tv. I understand that you are coming to New Zealand again, which is very cool. So why don't you start by first telling um, the listeners a little bit about yourself if they haven't heard the previous podcast and what's coming up for you? Wonderful. Well, it's good to be back with you, Nicola. And I just really want to acknowledge you for the wonderful site you have and the fantastic information that you're putting out on a regular basis. It's uh, very inspiring. and You're doing such a great job. And it's just so nice to be a part of the community that you are creating. So 
A little bit about me. I'm a naturopathic doctor. I'm a psychotherapist. I've written a book called Hormone Heresy. Uh, I actually have several books. Um, Hormone Heresy, What Women Must Know About Their Hormones is the first one. And I uh, wrote a second book called What Women Must Know to Protect Their Daughters from Breast Cancer. I um, have a weekly women's internet radio show. And I write for numerous magazines and lecture all over the world. My my focus really is on women's health. And I really um, have as my goal and my passion empowering women with truthful information so they can make the most informed decisions about their own health or hormonal balance and, you know, looking at so many of the health challenges that we have as women and also just guiding women how to regain their hormonal balance naturally and how to get younger and healthier as they get older. So lots and lots and lots of, of information is covered in those areas. Yeah, totally. I am. Um, I know. I've been through my own hormonal sort of issues, and I remember maybe about six years ago, just being in crippling pain, like we were driving in a car, and I was just bent over, just so so sore. And over the last, um, you know, four or five years, I've been healing my gut and healing my body now. And now, for me, like periods are just uh, are something that they are not at all painful. I, it's just a normal thing that just happens, and. What I've also discovered is that for so many women, they go through this um, painful time every month. And I remember you saying that um, it's not normal to be painful, but it is very common. Yeah. Do you want to explain a little bit about that and why, um, how, well, you know, the whole story behind that kind of thing? Well, hormones is a really big story, and I have to say that very few women really have been told the whole story or given the truth. I I like to say we are um, operating out of a lot of myths and misinformation, and unless we really understand more about our body and how our hormones are created, what they're expressing, especially if we're having difficult times, what are the underlying issues, we can't really solve the problem which generally, by the way, is solved by putting women on the pill. So any woman who complains of uh, everything from acne to painful periods to lack of periods to uh, ovarian cysts to endometriosis, uh, a variety of issues will all be prescribed the pill. So that's kind of the, the way the medical model handles women's health. But Unfortunately, it will um, never solve the problem of why those hormones are out of balance and, in fact, can really make things a lot worse and increase the risk of uh, more serious problems like breast cancer. So uh, what I spend a lot of time doing is uh, explaining the myths and the misinformation, getting us on the right track. So some of the myths that we need to understand about our hormones And what causes difficult hormonal issues um, has to do with the uh, reasons why our hormones are um, reflecting an imbalance. So all hormonal imbalance, as I like to say, is a symptom of poor health. It's not like bad luck. It's not like, you know, (laughs) just being being in a female form is just going to put you at risk. Hormones are, um, well, let me just say menstrual cycles are meant to be pain-free 
And that's the norm. To the degree you vary from that, you have difficulty or lack of periods, which I had when I was 16. I was put on the pill when I was 16 to regulate my menstrual cycles. So, um, you know, that was my first and only real experience with the pill, which turned out to be, um, you know, such a, a bad idea because if we, first of all, if we do not understand what is driving hormonal imbalances, the underlying issues, then we are masking the problem by putting, uh, being put on the pill. And the pill, by the way, is not a benign, a benign thing. The pill isn't necessarily um, uh, a solution to anything because the pill actually castrates a woman, which is, you know, the truth about how it works. It shuts off the ovaries. It puts the ovaries offline, you might say. And uh, it depletes the body of major key vitamins and minerals. It upsets the gut flora. It uh, increases more insulin resistance. It opens women to more blood clots and strokes and depression and the risk of infertility. Um, there are some serious problems with the pill, period. Um, primarily what I like to tell women is that the two ingredients of the pill, the progestins and estrogens, or just the progestins, if you're using them, are a, a risk factor for breast cancer, strokes, and blood clots to start off with. So we need to appreciate that, um, this is not a healing Avenue. This is uh, putting a Band-Aid on a problem. And if we're looking at what generates hormonal imbalances that show up as uh, P, uh, PMS or uh, as you had the painful periods or the irregular periods or the heavy bleeds or the more serious things like endometriosis and ovarian cysts and polycystic ovarian syndrome, we've got to understand the deeper components. And that has to do with um, our adrenal glands, the role of the adrenals with hormones, the role of uh, a poor gut health from antibiotics, steroids, stress, toxic exposure, leaky gut, uh, blood sugar imbalances, uh, a liver that is overworked and, and not metabolizing the um, toxins and estrogens properly. It could be to a compromised immune system. You know, we're not healthy. So hormonal, hormonal issues really reflect to the degree that our body is out of balance. And then, of course, we may be eating foods that are inappropriate. We may be doing a lot of sugar. We may be um, having too many carbs. We may be protein deficient. We may not be absorbing and assimilating our nutrition. So all these things need to be addressed and understood if we ever want to get our hormones back on track because the hormones are telling us a story and we need to listen to what our body is asking us to address. Otherwise, we're just going to uh, be medicating the problems and dealing with further problems down the track. And some of that can be infertility if women do not take care of business properly. Yeah, because we're a society of chasing symptoms, aren't we? It's just constantly chasing the most immediate problem and it's there's just needs to be much more getting to the root cause of the problem and addressing the underlying issue which which often is related to gut problems isn't it oh uh the gut is turning out to be a really big problem 
with uh, the majority of people today. We have uh, seriously compromised and impaired our gut function. Uh, we've wiped out our microbiome, as it's called, the good gut bacteria, and um, through the use of antibiotics and steroids like the pill, as well as cortisone, as well as alcohol and other toxins, we've um, impaired and created imbalance in the good gut flora towards um, more um, noxious types of bacteria. We have uh, affected our digestive enzymes, and we have created what is called leaky gut. We actually have chronic inflammation in the gut, which uh, leads to undigested foods escaping into the bloodstream, and then the immune system goes on alert and gets into overdrive and creates autoimmune diseases. So... um, uh, yes, the gut's a big story. I focus a lot on the gut. I, I had to heal my own gut because I had uh, leaky gut and it, chronic inflammation and Hashimoto's thyroiditis and autoimmune condition of the thyroid due primarily to leaky gut and stress. So, uh, you know, these, these, these are the issues and the uh, emerging uh, paradigm of integrative medicine is saying that the needs that we have right now can never really be solved by a short-term intervention like some pharmaceutical drug. We have to understand the systems that are compromised and address the healing at the level of restoring function to those systems. That's how we recover our our hormonal balance. That's how we heal autoimmune diseases, depression, anxiety, insomnia, arthritis, Um, you know, all of the conditions that are so prevalent these days have to be addressed by repairing these underlying systems. And generally, it's not just one system that's out of balance. It's, It's several because they are all connected. Yeah, totally. And one of the big things that plays a really important role is, um, this is quite a big topic in New Zealand at the moment with um, organic foods not being labelled, sorry, the organic food coming into New Zealand, there's no um, criteria of the, um, there's no board governing what the quality of that um, food coming in. And the reason I'm bringing this up is, What's the big role that, you know, the extra toxins in our foods playing on our hormones and why should people care about the quality of that food, whether it's organic or not? Well, um, you know, having standards that prove foods are organic is really important because there is no doubt that organic foods actually are a higher quality of nutrition to our cells. There was um, a a study done several years ago clearly stating that organic foods are much more nutritious and are uh, supporting the body and healing because uh, they are not carrying uh, toxic pesticides, fertilizers, fungicides, uh, you know, with the foods. You know, when you spray foods, they don't just go on the outside. They can enter inside the food and... Um, you know, babies are born with 287 different chemicals found in their cord blood. So these chemicals that we get in the womb and we get um, as soon as we're born are driving our, you know, populations to more chronic illnesses, to having more obesity. One out of six eight-year-old 
little girls are going into puberty, all driven by these estrogen-like chemicals that are found on our food, in our food. And it really does make a huge difference when you're eating clean food. And the nutritional status is much higher. When you eat commercially grown foods, you actually are eating foods because of the uh, types of fertilizers used. It destroys a lot of the key nutrients in the soil, blocks the absorption of critical minerals, and you're getting an inferior food. And there are lots of charts out there showing what nutritional status of spinach was you know, 50 years ago and what it is now, which is a fraction of the nutritional status when it is commercially grown. So if you want to be healthy, if you want to feed your cells true nutrition, then you really need to make those choices to go organic as much as possible. And there's also um, the the types of foods that you're collecting and what they're stored in, isn't it? Because there's the um, different PBA products, and it's not necessarily everything's almost advertised as PBA free now, but it's it's what else they're stored in. So a lot of plastic goods, they might say they're PBA free, but um, they're still stored in some sort of plastic, and all of those things are like um, can affect your estrogen levels in your body. Is that right? Well, uh, BPA, bisphenol A, is a known estrogenic chemical. And I was just reading yesterday, uh, which I posted on my Facebook page, that uh, research has shown that BPA-free baby bottles, which are heavily promoted in the U.S., I don't know what it's like uh, in New Zealand, but, you know, it's a big topic, BPA-free products. (laughs) But but they found, upon researching these BPA-free baby bottles, that they had numerous other toxins and uh, chemicals in them that were estrogenic as well. So while the BPA may be out, it's not, you know, all the other chemicals are not taken out. So stick with glass. But bisphenol A and phthalates and other uh, chemicals that are found in plastic bottles are actually uh, very potent uh, estrogen-like chemicals. And we know that, by the way, BPA, bisphenol A, in the 1930s was looked at and there was um, interest in using bisphenol A as a synthetic estrogen to be used in estrogen treatments. So it's very estrogenic and not only does it drive estrogen levels and putting too much estrogen into our bodies, but that type of estrogen is now associated with insulin resistance and one of the causes of obesity because of its impact on our hormones. It's acting in a manner that increases um, the insulin resistance. So we put on weight and we are really at part of the obesity epidemic is due to the level of toxins that are estrogenic like bisphenol A that we have in our body. So um, Yes, uh, you got to go back to basics and when it comes to containers and storage and bottles, go for glass. I, I don't really trust anything else, to be honest. And it is leaching. And by the way, bisphenol A is not just found in plastic bottles or even bisphenol A free bottles. Don't, don't believe them. <laughs> um, uh, but the bisphenol A is found in the lining of tin cans. It's uh, in dental sealants for children, and it's found in the receipts that you get from the supermarket, which is a, a heap processed type of um, paper. 
And when you handle it, a bisphenol A actually is in that chemical process. So when you handle the receipts, you're actually absorbing bisphenol A into your body. So um, uh, we want to steer clear of it. The good news is that it is a fast acting chemical in the body it doesn't stick around long if you are free of exposure you can clear a high percentage up to 70 percent of it within a week so if you eliminate it if you steer clear of it you're actually having a huge impact on your body in a positive way yeah totally so that i mean that's coming down brings us down to like the liver health and and how does that sort of play a role in our hormones well, I, you know, this is a really big story with the liver and hormones. I do what's called nutrigenomic testing. I actually work with looking at our gene expressions and seeing the genes we've inherited and where some of the um, genes have uh, been uh, software's kind of been altered, I guess is the way to say it, and therefore instructions are impaired, so key processes can't function optimally. And one of the areas where this really shows up is in the liver, and it's in the part of the liver called phase one. It's where we take fat-soluble toxins. Most toxins are in the fat-soluble form, and the liver needs to have these enzymes in place to break apart these toxins and turn them into a water-soluble form that can be easily excreted out the body. The problem is that um, I would say in the hundreds of people I've tested with their genes, uh, more than 90% have genes that have been inherited that are impaired in doing this phase one job properly. So without the right enzymes, when you take all of these estrogen-like chemicals found in the environment, the estrogen we make every, you know, just every month, the estrogens that come from visceral fat. If you are carrying that belly fat, you need to understand that that is a very different kind of fat than if you have fat in other parts of your body. And visceral fat actually is the most active metabolic organ in your body, and it actually is producing estrogen. So the more visceral fat you have, the more estrogens you are producing, and all these estrogens have to be cleared by the liver. If you do not have a liver that is able to clear these estrogens properly, either from these genes you've inherited or because you're lacking key nutrients, then estrogen gets metabolized into a form that becomes more potent, um, more like a, like a, 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 it's like a super estrogen and it can get reabsorbed back into the body, producing even more estrogen, um, estrogen levels. So essentially With the liver impaired, you are at risk of more estrogen excess. You're at risk of breast cancer or uterine cancer because all of those cancers are fed by these, this more potent form of estrogen. And, um, it's a really serious problem. It's a really serious problem. I counsel a lot of women with breast cancer. And by the way, the same issue is affecting men. 
And it shows up in men in prostate cancer because the prostate is an estrogen sensitive organ. It responds to estrogen like breast tissue responds to estrogen. So um, we need a lot of support for the liver so it can properly metabolize estrogen into the weaker more benign form, as I call it, and can be taken out. So the liver plays a role in our hormones, and if the liver is not nourished properly or if it is impaired with the inherited genes without the right type of nutritional support, it can actually be a serious problem. In Chinese medicine, the liver is a major key to hormonal balance. And, you know, when you eat a lot of sugar and eat a lot of carbs, we're seeing more and more people with a fatty liver. The fat, the, the liver actually is being filled up with fat, impairing its function and uh, creating a lot of serious problems and hormonal imbalances are one of them. So we need to support our liver a lot. I recommend to support the liver, uh, people should be eating a lot of cruciferous vegetables every day broccoli, um, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, kale, cabbage. That should be a regular part of our diet because they have compounds that help this phase one detoxification pathway. And um, there are some other supplements that also can work like um, uh, what we call um, indole-3-carbinol or diendolmethane DIM or, or broccoli seed extracts that turn into the kind of components that help the liver detoxify. I have all my patients on a very superior form of broccoli seed extract to help with this proper liver metabolism. Oh. That's a long answer, Nicola. <laughs> but it's not, there aren't just, there aren't short, quick little answers to oh, these. Oh, no. To understand it, right? Yeah, I know. I love it. <laughs> it. It all just opens a tunnel, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, there uh, there's some other strategies that really help the liver. Even if you do castor oil packs, I'm sure you know about castor oil packs, Nicola. But you know, castor oil, which is an oil that you can purchase in a health shop, and um, has a long, long, long history of uh, helping women with liver issues by putting a hot compress, taking the oil and putting it in a in a flannel cloth and putting it over the area of the liver and then putting heat on top of it like a heating pad. And that helps support lymph and blood circulation and is wonderful for the liver. There's uh, coffee enemas that help the liver, uh, sometimes uh, doing uh, like the... Um, uh, gallbladder flush will help with the liver, but the liver needs a lot of support. We really put a lot of stress and demands on our liver, and it is one of those things that needs to be addressed to help hormones get back into balance. Yeah, no, totally. I've been through that myself. <laughs> All of those three things you've recommended. Yeah, it's a, and it just makes such a difference. I mean, if your liver's congested and not healthy, it makes a big difference. Just it's your powerhouse, isn't it? Like it's just plays such a huge important role with with everything that goes on in your body. Absolutely. So it's under a lot of attack these days. It's really <laughs> it's really stressed out, and you know, and stress and frustration and anger will further affect liver function. So meditation is a pretty critical thing for women to do on a daily basis. 
Okay, before we go any further on that, we'll answer some of these questions and then we'll go give them um, give people a plan of attack if they're worried about their hormones. So I put it out on Facebook today and I've got a few questions to um, some listeners that are interested in knowing your thoughts on it. Um, the first one is, um, if I've had a hysterectomy, how do I know that I'm going through menopause? Okay, really good question because hysterectomies are so common. So um, the... The distinction we need to make is this. If you had a hysterectomy, and the most common reason happens to be fibroids. So if you've had a hysterectomy, and hysterectomy actually means the removal of the uterus. If It's often when we say hysterectomy, um, while officially it's the removal of the uterus, often a hysterectomy will, will mean for women in kind of the vernacular, also the removal of ovaries. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a distinction we need to make because if someone has just had their uterus out, their ovaries are still intact and could still be functioning. Although over time, because you have to cut off blood supply and the nerves, nerves are damaged when you cut out the uterus, um, the ovaries can become less functional as you get older. But they're two different things because if the ovaries are still intact, then they are still ovulating. And the important thing women need to know is that our ovaries function the entire length of our lives. We actually are producing estrogen, you know, to the end of our life. Obviously lower levels than when we're uh, in our childbearing years, but the ovaries never stop producing hormones. And so they should be preserved at all costs. So let's just say this. If a woman has a hysterectomy and had her ovaries taken out, she's in menopause. <laughs> she's in menopause. She's the equivalent. It's surgical menopause. That is the term for complete and total hysterectomy or oophorectomy, which is removal of the ovaries. And she needs to um, attend to herself in very specific ways because um, it's like the immediate withdrawal of uh, vital hormone production in the body. This is when they put women on estrogen. Never, never be put on estrogen after hysterectomy just estrogen because um, you need to have it balanced with progesterone if you choose to go that way. And by the way, there are other ways to go. You can use uh, herbs. You can uh, use homeopathics. There are uh, many ways to help support hormones. You don't have to go on hormone replacement therapy, um, but never go on estrogen by itself because you always need progesterone. Otherwise, estrogen on its own can be a risk for breast cancer and uh, strokes and blood clots in women. And they routinely put women on estrogen with hysterectomies with no progesterone. So uh, I, I try to warn women about that. And the adrenals always must be supported with women who've had hysterectomies with or without ovaries because your adrenals are your primary hormone production site for your health. So your ovaries are having a huge, I mean, your adrenals are having a huge role to play in taking up the slack from the, the hormones that it might have been interfered with from a hysterectomy. Um, the other thing that uh, needs attention when women have hysterectomies is the gut. Digestion is often impaired and compromised because um, uh, they, uh, it's, it's the in, you know, interference of the nerves and blood supply, the gut generally 
takes a bit of a hit on that. So we want some good probiotics and digestive enzymes. We really want to support the digestive system uh, for women with hysterectomies. A um, couple of things, though. The number one reason for hysterectomies are fibroids. So you can remove the uterus when fibroids have gotten too big and they can't be managed. And, um, uh, you know, that's that's because it is the number one reason. It's the most common cause for hysterectomies. But I always like to tell women this. Well, a few things I tell women. Um, fibroids are generally the result of um, estrogen excess and inflammation, uh, stress of the adrenals, all those things do not go away when you've had a hysterectomy. So really you're, you're not out of the woods. You're out of the presenting problem that is showing you something is seriously out of balance, but you're not complete in your healing that needs to be done. So that's just something that women need to be aware of. They really need to go in and take care of all those root cause issues in fact, even more so now, because now they've just had a major surgical intervention that is compromising a lot of other functions. So you got to go in and do the work. And um, if you um, had a hysterectomy due to something like fibroids, which is uh, an estrogen-dominant condition, why would you ever want to put more estrogen in a woman's body? Because the uterus does not make estrogen. See, one of the confusing things is women with hysterectomies will be put on estrogen, even if their ovaries are left intact. But I've asked doctors, you know, does does the uterus make estrogen? I've asked women. No one knows what the uterus does. It doesn't make estrogen. Why would you put women on more estrogen, especially if the reason they've had a hysterectomy was from fibroids, which is due to excess estrogen? Right? Does that make you with me? No, totally. See how you know it gets so crazy because we don't understand our bodies. So, um, and the uterus actually does make a hormone called prostacyclin that supports our heart health. So the uterus isn't just a useless little organ that can be removed after your reproductive years. It's producing things. It's it's keeping other organs in place. A lot of women after hysterectomy will have prolapses of bladders and, uh, and other organs because things have shifted, you know, internally because they, you know, they kind of have a space that's been taken out so things can prolapse. So um, so anyone with a hysterectomy needs to really support the adrenal glands. Uh, you need to uh, support digestion. You have to obviously manage stress and you uh, really want to be um, um, working with the kind of nutrition that is going to feed your cells and help you to recover. Um, if you're going to, if you've had your ovaries left in, uh, you may actually go through signs and symptoms of menopause, or at least when your you know menopausal age is around 52. It's when most women stop the menstrual cycles for you know complete twelve months, um, yeah, acupuncture is wonderful. I recommend acupuncture for women, um, but I, I think any woman who's had a hysterectomy with or without the ovaries, um, it's not so much knowing when you go through menopause. It's knowing that you need to be supporting hormonal balance from here on in and you need to be doing that with supporting the adrenal glands which are your backup system for the hormones you need to be doing it by supporting your um 
uh, digestive system. You need to be doing it by supporting your blood sugar levels. You don't want to eat a lot of carbs and sugar because it will create more inflammation in your body and that puts your hormones out of balance. So we, you know, you need to really go back in and address the root cause issues and look after your uh, key issues for the long term. If you do that, you'll really thrive with um, that procedure. But if you don't, if you ignore it or go on hormones um, and not attend to the reasons that led you to the hysterectomy, then problems still exist and can get worse. So, you you know, you're, you're more challenged if you don't understand what really needs attention. And look, no doctor is going to tell women this kind of information. This is uh, the model of... Uh, you know, holistic approaches and functional medicine. This is where what you are doing, Nicola, what I am doing is addressing the underlying root cause issues that give rise to problems. We are really not in the business of just um, slapping on some medication to stop a symptom or remove (laughs) a a presenting problem, right? We want really understand why this came about so it never has to come about again or we can stop further problems from emerging. This is the true healing. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so the next question, um, what causes acne on the jawline? Is it hormonal acne? That's what I've heard before and how do I go about balancing it? I'm 43, I don't eat processed foods, gluten or a lot of sugar, but that doesn't root out that it, <laughs> that it could be a food intolerance, I guess. Um, well, well, you know, acne can have a hormonal imbalance. It can be driven by um, too much estrogen. It can be uh, driven from toxicity. The body just, the liver's not functioning. Um, you're not eliminating nutrients. It could be that you have nutritional deficiencies, that you are malabsorbing. You're low in zinc and vitamin A and magnesium and, and other issues, uh, other nutrients rather, that are really essential in order to uh, support uh, the, you know, the body's ability to uh, uh, detoxify and to balance the hormones, you know, you always have to go back to basics and um, and and see what's going on. There may be some polycystic ovarian syndrome issues going on with acne that shows up on the skin. Even in 40-year-old women, they still may have unresolved uh, problems that need to be attended to. But I'd always go and support digestion, elimination, and liver, and work with the adrenal glands, and make sure you get nutrients like zinc um, into your body. Most people actually are very zinc deficient, I have found in testing them. You know, maybe candida issues. You know, this is something that could be lingering around for for you know years and years that you've had earlier in your life and still showing up so you've got to dig deeper and see what else is going on and don't rely on medications because you can clear it up yeah totally and it's that whole symptom is it? it's getting down to the root cause of it so the next question is um, what are your thoughts on progesterone cream Well, when I wrote Hormone Heresy, um, a large part of that book initially was devoted to explaining progesterone cream because I I, I got into this area and this purpose and passion and wrote the books as a result of my hormonal imbalances in my 40s. And I had um, 
uh, anxiety attacks and insomnia and night sweats and, uh, you know, showing up with arthritis and allergies and uh, I had my thyroid diagnosed around this time. So, um, you know, this, it was really the the night sweats that got my attention with hormones. I had all these other issues, but I never thought hormones very much. But um, night sweats definitely made me look at the hormone issue. And I discovered that I was estrogen dominant, this imbalance between estrogen and progesterone. And uh, I took progesterone cream and it was miraculous because it really helped to bring me back into balance. The night sweat stopped and the anxiety stopped and I slept better and my arthritis went away. It was pretty miraculous. And I really thought I had found the magic bullet, right? But the story doesn't end there. So where I am at now in my understanding is that progesterone can really be beneficial for a short term. But if you do do not if you do not address the underlying issues, and primarily we have to go back to those adrenal glands, Nicola, they are such powerhouses for uh, taking care of the key systems of our body from everything from hormones to thyroid to blood sugar to immunity. They impact memory, sleep, moods, um, they're huge. They're huge in their, in their jobs. So um, what happens is if we don't address the needs of the adrenal glands, progesterone, which is a hormone in itself, but it's also a uh, hormone that metabolizes into other hormones and particularly cortisol. So um, if we don't address the, the adrenals, progesterone often will stop being effective after about three months because it's channeled by the body to make the cortisol rather than to balance estrogen out. So I see it has a role uh, for, you know, short-term role, several months, but we've got to go in and get to the root cause issues that are causing that imbalance. So just replacing a hormone isn't enough for me to solve a problem. I want to go in and really get to those root cause issues. And when you do, then you can, um, the body can respond. You don't need progesterone. Your body will be balanced again. So, so, so generally speaking, that's how I approach things now. Yeah, no, totally. Okay. And then one last question. Um, I feel like every single single type of contraception out there has both positives and negatives from a wellness point of view and it's really hard to make an informed decision about what is the right option we are really interested to know what you recommend okay well i'm gonna just tell you my truth about this there are no um good things about contraceptives to our, our health contraceptives deplete the body of vitamin C, vitamin E, magnesium, zinc, selenium, tyrosine. They feed the growth of um, uh, yeast. They will alter the uh, uh, mucosal lining in the vaginal tract, increasing the risk of cervical dysplasia and cervical cancer. Um, They will increase your risk of fertility. I have a quote in Hormone Heresy from a billionaire who makes fertility drugs, and he said his best customers are those women in the 30s who took the pills as teenagers and 20-year-olds. They increase your risk of blood clots and strokes and breast cancer. I am not a fan of the pill because I think it is really robbing women of their health. 
And uh, so uh, it, it has its convenience. It may, you know, help women who are, you know, needing to shut everything off with whether it's endometriosis or, you know, if they have acne, they may get some relief, but it's not healing the problem. So, in fact, it can be making things a lot worse the longer you're on it. So, um, so in my hierarchy of preferred things for women as far as contraceptions, the, the bottom rung would be um, the pill. I do not recommend the marina. I do not recommend getting... Um, uh, any injections of progestins. I don't like hormones that are directed, you know, are inserted directly into the uterus. I think I've never met a woman who really felt well when they did that. Um, you want, obviously, the lowest dose pill, but, you know, even pill that's called, uh, you have the Yasmin pill in New Zealand. To be honest, I've, I don't, um, you don't know, even, I've, anyway, I've you know, been off a, it for a very long time, so I haven't... Uh, uh. <laughs> Well, the reason why I ask is there's a pill that's been advertised on television. It's a low-dose pill. It's been, you know, just recommended for a variety of things. There are huge class action suits going on in the United States about all these women who've had blood clot strokes and who've been maimed or died. So, um, you know, that's considered, you know, a safer low-dose pill. Um, No such thing. There's no pill that's a low-dose. It's you know, you have to, for a pill to work, you have to mimic pregnancy. That means you put high levels of hormones into your body to fool the body into being pregnant. You have higher doses of these synthetic hormones from the pill than you do from HRT. So, um, so in my hierarchy is, you know, you can try to do the lowest dose pill possible. Then you might try, if you don't want to do the pill, uh, the IUD is another option. Obviously there are risks associated with it, but, um, you know, that's, that, that's to me, uh, if you don't have to put hormones in your body, that's my preferred way to go. And then obviously there's uh, the barrier methods such as condoms or I I love cervical caps. I wish they were more available, better than diaphragms because they go right over the cervix and protect the cervix. And that's, you know, been a really good option, but they're harder to find. And my favorite, my favorite thing, and um, it's not the easiest option, but it is a profound option, and that's to really understand and explore and practice natural fertility awareness, which when it's understood uh, is as effective as the pill. Uh, You really need a regular sexual partner for it to be most effective. But um, that, you know, if you can learn all the signs and symptoms of when you're ovulating from your temperature to your the, the quality of your mucus, um, uh, if you can chart it, there's charts that look at your um, fertility time based on where the moon was when you were born. It's quite an, a, 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 an evolved science of understanding fertility. It's highly, highly effective. And one of my little uh, favorite tools is a, a thing called a fertility tester. You know about that, Nicola? No, I don't. So a fertility tester is uh, looks like a little lipstick tube. In one end, there's a microscope. Another end, there's a little light. And you put a drop of your saliva on the microscope, the, the lens side of it, and you look through it. And if the saliva forms a ferning pattern, 
It means that you're ovulating. So you can track when you're actually ovulating because the hormones in your saliva have a certain pattern when estrogen is high. So I recommend this little fertility tester as a great tool for women as part of assessing their you know, hormone levels and hormone productions and related to their fertility as a, as a wonderful tool to tune into. It's quite fascinating and it's very accurate. I, I just want to give a good purpose for working with natural fertility awareness. When we can be in attunement with our hormone cycles, when we know what's going on each month, our, our monthly cycles of when we're producing high amounts of estrogen and when we're producing high amounts of progesterone after the release of an egg, all these different parts of our cycle um, are directly and intimately connected to our psyche as women. The problem by being put on the pill, by chemically castrating you, you are disconnecting from your intuition, from your inner sense of things. Uh, Studies have shown that women on the pill uh, change their pheromones. They are attracted to men that they would not normally be attracted to uh, if they weren't on the pill. Better choices are made when you're not on the pill than when you're on the pill because it alters the, the things that attract you to men that you know uh, are, are actually inappropriate for you as partners so kind of your whole perception is altered through these drugs this isn't just altering our physiology it is altering our psyche it is altering our spiritual perception it is altering the pharaohs that we make that unconsciously uh direct our choices it is altering um the uh, you know the the emotions that we have. Uh, women often feel blunted in their emotions on the pill. So when you choose the pill, you are altering um, many facets of what is the source of our power and inner wisdom as women. So reclaiming this menstrual wisdom, reclaiming this wisdom comes when we are back in touch with our own bodies and our own menstrual cycles and the real power that's found within those menstrual cycles. And I've worked with Aboriginal cultures and Native American cultures and Hawaiian cultures with women's wisdoms, and they all have the same message that our that we as women are are profoundly wise we have a unique gift which is our intuition and the um you know chem- ke- the chemicals used to alter our menstrual cycles also alter our access to that inner wisdom so something to think about you know yeah totally and isn't it i mean isn't there only a handful of days that you can actually get pregnant in actual fact, it's a very small window. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, it's a very small window. But, uh, years. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, but um, I don't know. I seem to find it a lot. But yeah. it's a very small window. But the more you understand your body, this was a total awakening for me. It, it happened in my 40s. I would love young women to learn about this in school when they're, you know, teenagers or younger but in actual fact for me discovering this women's wisdom this menstrual wisdom the power found within the menstrual cycles was the key for me to access my real sense of authority and um and personal power 
which I'd been searching for externally. But only when I started to understand the power found within my menstrual cycles did I actually discover my own true sense of um, inner direction and authority. So it's a very profound, profound journey. And I just encourage women to learn more about it, maybe read more about it. I certainly write a lot about it in Hormone Heresy. And um, I know it's uh, it's important information for women. I, I am a firm believer this is a, a time in the history of humanity when the feminine is being re- awakened that the the women's power is really coming to the fore and we need to be profoundly in touch with our bodies to access that power when we're on the pill which shuts everything off we do get disconnected from our real inner self so you know I just encourage women to think about this and to look into it a bit more and explore some of the options yeah, oh, we could go down so many more tunnels. I'm just, <laughs> that was fantastic. I um, yeah, just just love talking about all these kind of things. So now you are coming to um, New Zealand and Tauranga specifically. Can you let people know a bit more about that? Well, I'm going to be doing a series of lectures and some workshops. I'll be on the North and South Island. And uh, I, I'm not, I, you know, I, I think the events start around um, July 20th. I'll be in New Zealand for almost two weeks. And uh, the best place to go and look at the schedule, because I'll be doing a lot of traveling around and lecturing in different places, sometimes out in the countryside, uh, is to go to my website, which is Dr. Cheryl Selman, Dr. Cheryl is S-H-E-R-R-I-L-L, Selman, S-E-L-L-M-A-N.com. I'm, I'm sure you'll put that up there, Nicola. Yeah, um, because that'll give the itinerary. I'll tell you how to book, where to go if you have questions. But I really encourage people to come along because we're going to be talking this kind of talk. We're going to get to the root cause issues, dispelling the myths, giving solutions, empowering women with the knowledge to really not only get their hormones in balance, but how to heal all the other issues that we're struggling with from depression to anxiety to insomnia to arthritis to infertility to, uh, you know, breast cancer and breast cancer prevention and obesity. Look, the whole gamut will be there. And these events are really tailored to address the needs of the people who attend. So we'll um, we'll be able to just share a lot of um, great information very profound, life-changing information and get everyone to uh, find more of the pieces of their healing puzzle. And um, yeah, I just hope people check it out and come along because, you know, this information will not only change your life, but for many women, it will save their life. So it's really important to understand this. Uh, If we cannot find our health, if we cannot find our hormonal balance, if we do not understand more about our bodies, we really find a hard time. We struggle being healthy and we struggle finding our, our energy and our passion for our lives. So more than ever, this is a time when we as women have to be empowered and you cannot leave your body behind if you want to be empowered and, and fulfill a greater uh, purpose and mission in life. Fantastic. So if there was one thing that you would um, want people to take home from this podcast today, what would it be? 
I would say that we need to um, realize that when we talk about hormonal imbalance, it really is telling us that our hormones are the messengers relaying to us the fact that there are significant imbalances and deficiencies and compromised functioning of key systems of our body. And we have to look deeper within to heal those, those compromised functioning. Awesome. Love it. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining me, Cheryl. It was yeah, an absolute pleasure to have you on again. And thank you, listeners, so much for tuning in. Make sure you sign up to the newsletter. Check out the link below this podcast video, and we will be in touch really soon. The materials and content in this podcast are there to educate and to inform. There's no substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Instead, I encourage you to discuss your options with your healthcare provider who knows your condition and your health history. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience and conclusions. Nicola Riley encourages you to make your own healthcare decisions based on your research and in partnership with your qualified healthcare professional.